Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues, services, and activities of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Con- uh, Fairfax 50 Plus conversation, we'll talk with Anna Nelson, who's here to tell us about the National Capital Area Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, where she is Vice President of Programs and Services. Now, Anna has over 20 years of experience in dementia programming and management, and her current work involves developing partnerships, providing education and outreach services, leading family support groups, and marketing. So a lot of tasks, a lot of things you're involved with. But first, I want to say welcome, Anna. Thanks for uh, being with us on uh, Fairfax 50+. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for this opportunity to help us increase awareness about Alzheimer's disease and and about the programs and services of the Alzheimer's Association. Sure, absolutely. You know, to to start with, the, the, the dumb question or the what is question, the basic question, we're talking about Alzheimer's. I guess people assume they know what it is or, th- or think they know what it is. Can you just kind of give us the description, the definition, what is Alzheimer's? Sure. And, and it's actually a very good question hmm. because folks tend to confuse Alzheimer's with dementia. They hear both terms. And part of the reason, to be honest with you, is that a lot of the medical community refers, especially the doctors, will refer to dementia rather than use Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's is a brain disease that causes problems with memory, thinking, and behavior. Dementia is actually an overall term that is used to describe a collection of symptoms. Mm. So rather than say memory loss, they're not able to learn new tasks, they're constantly getting lost. The term dementia is used. There's many different diseases that causes dementia. Alzheimer's is the most common form, but there's also vascular dementia, Lewy body dementia, frontal temporal dementia. There's over 100 conditions that causes the symptoms of dementia. What all these progressive neurodegenerative dementias have in common is that it's a trauma, some kind of trauma to the brain. Hmm. There are also non-reversible, I mean, reversible dementias. And what that means is that these are conditions that present themselves like dementia, but they're not. Hmm. So it's important to know that there's a difference between that. So, for example, a side effect of medication can cause problems with dementia, can cause the symptoms of dementia. Okay. Okay. Uh, a thyroid condition that's not being managed, a urinary tract infection. So there's a number hmm. of conditions that can cause the symptoms of dementia. So I always tell folks, if you're concerned about your memory or somebody else's memory, make a doctor's appointment to get a complete physical and find out exactly what's causing sure, those symptoms. Sure. Okay. Well, that, that's awesome. That's great uh, differentiate between the two, dementia and Alzheimer's. I, you know, I've learned something already, and we're just, <laughs> just getting going. Um, Alzheimer's, how it progresses and the symptoms or, or how you know if you have it or someone else has it. Right. I mean, I always joke that I have a horrible memory to start with. So are there things that I can know or, or people around me can know to say, well, it's just he's forgetful and, and has a bad memory, but, you know, maybe there's something a little more serious? Yes. Um, I always tell folks you want to look for behavior that's out of the norm for the individual. Mm. That, that's key to this. So if you have someone that was terrible at names, I'm terrible at names. Mm. I, I don't expect that I'm going to improve with that. Right, right. So that's typical behavior for me. But if you have someone that was really very good um, detail kind of person, 
maybe they were good at handling money and paying their bills, and now they're struggling with that. Yeah, now families coming to visit and they're realizing that they have a stack of, right, of bills that haven't right. been paid. Maybe um, the person is increasingly having problems in doing day-to-day -day activities, so it's taking mm. them longer and longer to complete these activities. So they'll start an activity, they go somewhere else, they start a different activity, and families will say, you know, they, they I, I come to the house and they, they have different projects, right. and they can, can't complete any of them, <laughs> right? So when somebody consistently begins to forget how to go to places that they've been to hundreds of mm. times, when they consistently begin to forget how to do activities that used to be automatic, or activities that require that they are multi-step type of activities, right. that's when we need to be concerned. So it sounds like it's pretty easy right. to figure out. Yes. Okay. Is, is it a fast-moving disease? I mean, you mentioned that it should be, or it is, kind of relatively easy to determine or, or see right. the symptoms of Alzheimer's. Right. So does that mean it's, it's fast-moving rapidly? It, it, it's actually very slow and progressive. Okay. And so what happens is that the family care partner starts to own more and more of the day-to-day -day responsibilities mm. until one day, you know, they're really <clears throat> facilitating the day-to-living, the day-to-day -day living of that person. And then a family member comes to visit and says, oh, boy, you didn't tell me that mom or dad was doing this bad. And the person will say, what are you talking about? It's just that uh, the caregiver okay. doesn't realize that. Because it's, it's slow for them little little steps that they're yes. taking on they're, deteriora gotcha. they're deteriorating slowly it's a progressive okay. disease so it gets worse over time okay so that it really is a challenge then for that that life partner who's with them all the time because it's as you said it's progressive and they may not really notice it so is there something they should do or or, or be aware of to kind of Right. Resolve that situation. That's a, that's, I guess? a, that's a really good question. What what I, uh, and I and we get a number of calls that come to our office, and we meet with families and have care mm -hmm. consultations, and we say to them, if you're concerned about some a, a family member's memory, write down all your concerns and talk to other family members to find out if they're observing the same uh, kind of symptoms, and then play detective. Um, and, and try to determine when did the symptoms first appear. Uh, let me give you a, a basic example. Uh, one of my neighbors came to, to see me and, and expressed that uh, she's concerned about her, her mother, that she's asking the same questions um, during a, a phone conversation, might be mm. asking the same questions over and over oh, okay. again. Okay. And, and I said to her, well, what has happened? When did you notice these changes? And she says, well, it's been in the past year. And I said, okay, well, what happened a year ago? And she says, well, my parents moved from, um, mm. from where they are to a different location, to yeah. a, a different town. They don't know anyone. And I said, what else happened during that time? Well, she stopped working. And I said, well, what else? And then she, started, she, she stopped and she says, well, you know, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he had uh, wow. heart surgery. Wow. And I That's said, like well. That's like three, four major life incidents right there. Exactly. And I said, well, in this particular case, because we're not seeing... The lapses in memory, yes, but there has to be other, other factors that affect cognition as well. Maybe the thinking process mm -hmm. is being affected. So if that's not being affected, it could be we could actually be talking about severe depression. If you look at the 10 mm -hmm. warning signs for the disease, we forget that once we get to a certain age, we start to have a lot of losses. And okay. those could contribute to the symptoms that we're observing. Best thing to do is to schedule an appointment with a doctor 
into a company that family caregivers so that you mm. become the advocate for that person you say i noticed this and these changes with my family member mm-hmm. uh, let's let, can you do a workup and right. find out what's going on you, you just mentioned something 10 symptoms or ten something symptoms. of alzheimer's can, can yes. you go through those really quickly? yes um so um it, one of the early symptoms is um the forgetting of recently learned information. Mm. So the person might ask the same question (laughs) over again. Now you might say, you know, I just read uh, an article in the paper and I forgot. That's Mm -hmm. part of the aging process. If we're not paying and really focusing on things, (laughs) we're not gonna remember. But someone with dementia might might really forget basic questions. So Mm. they might say, uh, you know, now what time is it now? What Mm. day is it now? Am I supposed to go to work today? Very distinct difference, that's one of them. Losing or misplacing things. Um, Got a call from someone who said, my grandmother put the purse in the freezer. That's not typical uh, behavior. That's not part of the aging process. But yet we we live in a society where we think that sometimes this behavior that's out of the norm is typical for uh, someone that is older. It is not. It it is not normal not to remember who your grandchildren are or who your children are. Those are very clear distinctions. Mm -hmm. Going back to caregiver, I want to kind of... I'm sorry, I'm bouncing back no, and no. forth, but I want to I want to go back because we talked about some of you know gradually coming upon you know a life partner care you know well I think of caregiver I, I don't necessarily think of the the spouse or the the life partner kind of right. thing, um, but so it's it's kind of gradual. You've got these things comes on. We've talked about the issues. What about when we get this diagnosis or we figure out what's going on? Are there challenges at that point? And we can talk, you know, the, the life partner and, and, and caregiver as well. What are, what are right. the challenges when we get to that stage? Right. So once the diagnosis is made, folks want to know, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. My spouse was just diagnosed, but the doctor didn't give me any resources. Mm-hmm. And I heard about the Alzheimer's Association, and I'm just, I'm kind of lost. I don't know what to sure. do. Right. So we'll schedule an appointment for a care consultation. We'll meet with the families will help them plan for what to expect, what's coming ahead in the different stages of the disease. Mm. If the person with dementia is in the very early stage, they need to get education as well. We invite them to come along with their care partner. Now, notice that I'm making a distinction between caregiver and care partner. Yeah, yeah. So a care partner is someone that is facilitating the independence of that person. Um, they have been trained to assist the person with dementia be as independent as they can. Okay. We all want to be independent. And sometimes we can facilitate that independence by just learning some coping skills, mm-hmm. by um, putting together a, a team that can help you care for a loved one and by making sure that the person gets res- uh, respite. Mm-hmm. So that care partner uh, needs to get education, needs to get support. That's one of the reasons why we have over 82 support groups in our chapter territory. Wow. Those are the places where families um, go to to share their experiences. It becomes more like a lifeline to many of them because it's the one place where whatever is said at that support group is kept confidential. You get tips, strategies from others, and most important, family care partners realize that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's important. Sure. 
We've only got a few more minutes left in our conversation with Anna Nelson, a National Capital Area Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. I want to make sure we get to a couple of things. So okay. I, I feel like I'm skipping over some okay. things, too, okay. but I, I, I'll, I'll give you a final word in a couple okay. of minutes. But okay. we've talked about Alzheimer's, you know, the progression, you know, getting diagnosed. But it's – I guess there is hope in there. I mean, yes. when you have uh, – have this diagnosis, we can make some uh, some progress, maybe some preventative measures as well, maybe, maybe some treatment. Uh, can you talk about okay. that a little bit? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I just came back from the Alzheimer's Association's International Conference, which was held in Toronto this past July. There was over 4,000 scientists from over 70 countries that came together wow. to learn from each other to hear about what the next steps are and to share some information. And it, there's a new window of opportunities now with one out of um, nine people over the age of 65 developing the disease. There's this race to find a treatment. And what we're seeing now is new technologies that are allowing scientists to see the earliest signs of the disease. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're able to see the underlying biological changes before oh, wow. the symptoms present themselves. Wow. So this past weekend, or I guess maybe now two <laughs> weekends ago, 60 yeah. Minutes did a follow-up on a village in the mountains of Colombia called Antioquia, where it has the largest concentration of people with a very rare form of Alzheimer's. And the, it, this is an effort of NIH and the, uh, an, another research institution. And what they're looking at, they're looking to see if they introduce an anti-amyloid drug called cronesumab to individuals before they show the symptoms, when they're in their 20s and 30s, mm -hmm. that we might be able to stop the progression of the disease. Hmm. That's exciting work. There's also a lot of research that's taking place on what can help those folks that are in the early stages. Right. So someone that has just been diagnosed that is still in the very early stages. So there were uh, studies presented at the international conference on um, brain training and how that might help oh, maintain cognition. Yeah. And there's also a lot about um, a lot of studies that were presented on what you and I can do while we're still healthy to stay as healthy as we can. So those jobs that, for example, that require complex uh, thinking skills mm -hmm. that are uh, where you're out and about with people, they seem to um, provide uh, extra support and build what right. we call cognitive reserve. So you're in the perfect job. You're constantly having to challenge your brain, find <laughs> out with creative questions. You're socializing. That's good. So I would encourage folks who are interested in learning more about research to visit our website called alz.org forward slash NCA and then click on research. Mm, One, wow. They can actually hear from we have video clips of the oh, actual researchers wow. who are conducting these studies. Wow, that's pretty amazing. You mentioned the website. I was going to ask you the website, if there's telephone number, we can get more information because, unfortunately, this is a topic we just can't, you know, do full justice in, in 15 minutes. So let me – I know you mentioned the website. Mentioned again, is there a telephone number folks can call to get sure. more information? And then I'll let you talk a little bit uh, about the, uh, the Alzheimer's Association National Capital Area Chapter as well. Very good. Thank you. Uh, the website is alz.org forward slash NCA. The 800 number is one 800 272 
3,900. Okay. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so You're you my were, memory you were bank. You're testing me. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank all you right. so much. So, so final word. Talk, talk to us about the chapter, kind of what you all are, are and do and that kind of thing, resources provided. The Alzheimer's Association is the leading donor-supported voluntary health organization in Alzheimer's research, care, and support. Our national capital area chapter is one of 82 chapters around the country. In our chapter territory, we cover 11 counties in Virginia, oh five counties in suburban and southern Maryland, and the District of Columbia. And while we're waiting for scientists to search for a cure, the, our local chapter is here to help families who are in need. We're here to help the person with dementia through educational programs so that once they're diagnosed, we can start preparing them for what to expect. That's important. Mm-hmm. We work with family care uh, partners. We offer professional trainings for those professionals that come to the house that work at assisted living facilities. Our support groups are tremendous. We just recently started a new social model called a memory cafe, and Mm. they're growing all over our chapter territory. These are social gatherings for people in the early stages and their family caregivers. In addition to that, our chapter has been involved in a a new concept that is gaining a lot of attention across the country called Dementia Friendly America. Mm. And we're working with some of the counties to Uh, educate the community to leverage resources in the community to facilitate independence for those individuals that are in the early stages and still living in the community. Mm -hmm. They can continue to do so with support Mm -hmm. from the community. So we're involved in in those kinds of efforts as well. Okay. A lot of activities going on. The Alzheimer's Association National Capital Area Chapter. And like I said, unfortunately, we, we just can't do the topic justice in the amount of time we have. So thank you for helping us scratch the surface, if you will, to learn about Alzheimer's and dementia and provide the resources. And I'll mention the website and telephone number again. But thanks, Anna, for, uh, for being with us on the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, thanks to you for listening as well. And if you are uh, in this situation, have a friend or family member that uh, you think may have Alzheimer's or suffering from Alzheimer's, you can definitely get more information from the Alzheimer's Association. Visit them online at alz.org nca. Or again, that toll-free telephone number is 1-800-272-3900. Now, you can also find county older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities by calling 703-324-7948 Monday through Friday. Or you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults. And when you're on that webpage, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper, as well as Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. You can also link over right from there to uh, the new Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page. And be sure to uh, like the page when you're there so that you'll receive more updates. Again, thanks to Anna for being with us. Thanks to you for listening. Fairfax 50 Plus podcast is produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.